Hello operatives, welcome to episode 11 of Once Upon a Kill Team, the podcast about narrative play in Warhammer 40k Kill Team. I'm Sean. And I'm Jason, and we want to talk to you about building stories around the gameplay in this grim, dark, terrible universe. In this episode, we talk about how you can make a homebrew team, some pitfalls and considerations. We're joined by special guest Sawyer from Nightfire Games, who's published numerous homebrew teams on his excellent YouTube channel, which I recommend that you watch. Sawyer, welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm happy to be here. Absolute honor. Good. <laughs> That's really good. Um, well, if you've listened to the show before, we uh, always start with Hobby Corner. Uh, Sawyer, what magic have you been working lately? So the last project I've been working on is trying to finish out a Death Watch kill team. And My man. what I'm yeah, what I'm trying to do with it is I bought basically every bit that you would need for their different weapons, and I'm magnetizing all of it. And I did not realize how much of a headache that was going to be before I got started. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of have one model per loadout, as opposed to 40 arms for this one guy. It's one of those. In theory, it sounded great. Oh, I need one boss to kill team, just or one boss to death watch, just orderly bits, have every possible loadout. I think it would have been faster just to buy a couple bosses and build them all separately. <laughs> it was. Uh, quite an undertaking. I learned a lot of what not to do with magnets. Like marking polarity is a big plus. <laughs> yeah, the the little plus on the on the upside is a is a lifesaver, especially when you yeah. get so far down the line. Yeah, there's a couple of arms that just repulse from the model, so had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> have you had fun? What um what chapters have you got? Just because I had so many arms to do, I am basically just letting it whatever random bits I can get for shoulder pads. I'm just running with at this point. Nice. I've always been way too scared at this magnifying mag magnet bit. It looks quite scary. I'm a basic. I'm a basic builder. Hey, you've just branched out into kit bashing. I think we can get you magnetizing by the end of the year. I'm. Uh, I'm officially retired, Sean. Um... I'm back, just building out of the box now. That's that, that's me. <laughs> well, out of the box, Jason, have you been making anything or painting anything since we last recorded? Uh, yeah, so viewers will be absolutely furious to learn that I'm on the last set of models and then I'm back to an empty shelf until Into the Dark turns up. So I got a box of Tempestus Scions, something I've been wanting to treat myself to for a while. And I really have just built these guys straight out of the box. And they're going to be the, the Wexmouth 4-7 Special Service Group, which I'm sort of making into sort of British World War II commandos with Green Berets uh, type of thing. Very nice. But there's no... This is just simple. I mean, these, I wasn't planning on running these as a, a narrative team. This is just going to be my... You know, when I want to just a fun game where I don't have to think too hard about about stuff kind of team. Yeah, and the other thing I'm experimenting with for the first time is a couple of contrast paints, which I have never used. I've mostly been a traditional uh, painter. Uh, so for their, you know, I think the, the the black and green on them, I've I've gone with contrast and given that a go. Uh, have you guys used? You've used contrast, I think, Sean. What have you got? On I. I have actually made the shift over from my normal... Well, I just had the 
Games Workshop starting paint set and I've just been treating myself to the odd contrast paint as and when I need it. I think they're a huge time saver, especially because I'm not the best painter and they give better results than when I try harder with worse paints, if that makes sense. I've been I've been learning the joys of a white base coat. Looks nice. Yeah, using them for especially outside a kill team trying to build a big 40k army, the time saving is amazing. Have either of you actually tried the um, army painter speed paints yet? I haven't got to play around with those. No, I haven't. No, that's a whole new thing. I, I, what, what I have been doing, because I did, when I started in the hobby, I started on um, Citadel paints. And then I very quickly got a, um, a wet palette. And then I realized that actually having dropper paints was much easier. So I think I've been slowly shifting over to Vallejo broadly. Um, and I've just I'm kind of, anytime I now don't use a dropper bottle, I'm kind of like a slightly, uh, slightly annoyed. Um, I think I think Sal in our narrative group, he's he's just gone through or going through the laborious process of of, to, of changing all of his Citadel bottles over to dropper bottles. He's decanting absolutely everything because he's got that <laughs> massive big. He's got like a big carry case now for for painting on the go. It looks so good. Just just to paint you a picture, it's a kind of wooden cabinet, like a travel desk. Uh, thing with all of his kind of painting stuff in it. It looks, it looks amazing. So it's all made of made of wood and uh, real wood. Look, look, looks absolutely dope. Sliding out trays for all the dropper bottles to fit into and everything. Just very organised. I don't think my paint jobs are worthy of that. <laughs> mine definitely aren't. I've got mine in an old lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sal's a very good painter. I'm sure he absolutely deserves it. <laughs> oh, he definitely does. Uh, fantastic. Sean, what have you been doing? I think you've been uh, taking up a challenge, I believe. I have indeed. I've been taking up the Kill Team Intercession Squad Challenge, initiated by Battle Brothers Tabletop and all of his community that's in the Discord. They've taken it upon themselves to make just some of the coolest looking Primaris Intercessors I've ever seen on the planet. Uh, and I took it as an opportunity to level up a lot of my Deathwatch models that I made for my very first kill team almost uh, over a year ago now. So I've been I've been leveling them up with all the techniques I've learned over the last year or so. And I'm going to do the wonderful thing on an audio podcast which is show you guys on video as I always do. I've been doing some edge highlighting. We got snow basing going on. Just really trying to like finish these guys off. Just for just for the sake of listeners that uh, we're being shown a model that's kind of stepping up onto a rock and he's got this massive hammer sort of on the ground next to him and um he kind of looks like he's contemplating which one of your limbs to pull off yeah this is my this is my black shield who's actually my uh assault sergeant and he's taken from the base model of the sergeant joven that was a limited release a year or so ago i managed to nab one for myself but yeah, they've uh, they've all got lovely snowy bases, which I feel like makes the the black armor from the Death Watch just really leap out. But they look great upon the tabletop. Yeah. Well, what? How are you doing the snow effect for that? Because I've been trying to do a snow effect for a kill, uh, Tyranid kill team, and I'm not totally happy with it. I really like how yours turned out there. Oh, thank you. In the UK, and I think they shipped to the US as well. We've got Geek Gaming Scenics. 
uh, and I'm a huge fan of his Base Ready collection. He's got a snow effect bag. It's it's like a white powder that goes over over the top of like PVA glue, or he's got a basing glue that it sets quite quickly, but it, there's quite a lot of volume to it. And I've got mine essentially in a jam jar, but it's just like a white powder, and you can sprinkle it on, or you can dunk a base in it. And it, it clumps up really nicely. And I, I've done two passes on these to try and get like a bit of a natural build-up kind of around the feet and on the base. But I've been really enjoying it. Uh, pro pro tip, don't try and take it on a plane. Yes, uh, you will be pulled aside and probably arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from a personal story? Because that'd be amazing if it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Luckily, not yet. My, uh, my kill teams have yet to go international, but... Who knows? Well, when we, we get our personal inter- in, in, invite to KTO one year, or LVO, LVO, the Las Vegas Open, that's the one, isn't it? Uh, we'll we'll get our invite option. there. Yeah, I'm sure. We'll go there. Uh, no, it looks it looks fantastic. Um, I'm so basic with my basing; it's kind of embarrassing. It's just a bit of sand and gravel, and then I do it with kind of a desert feel to it. And I guess I don't know. If I, I guess I like the fact that but kind of all my kill teams basically have the same base. So together, at least, they look similar. They, they're, in, they're in a united setting, as it was. They're within the same world. Yeah, we try and overlook the fact that my Phobos camo cape is I was woodland, say. woodland camo. <laughs> <laughs> and the base, is, the base is like a red desert Martian landscape. Uh, we'll, we'll skip over that bit. Uh, yeah. You wore the wrong coat. Cool. That's that's some great hobbying going on there. Uh, Sawyer, have you been playing any games lately? Uh, I've only got one game in recently. It was against my brother-in-law. He was trying to build a Terminator homebrew. Nice. Um, I was playing my Death Watch against it. It's very much in the playtesting phase for his Terminators because he was trying to do it where they would have a four-inch move but four save dice. Mm-hmm. So basically, they played like Death Guard, which I don't think is exactly how you want Terminators to feel. No. And then, if your homebrew loses to Compendium Marines, it's probably too weak, is a general <laughs> rule. Because <laughs> he played defensively the first turning point or two, and then with a four-inch move, there's no way you're actually going to get to your objectives at that point. No. So that definitely needs some tweaking, but it was fun to try to play the um, four saving dice mechanic because I haven't seen anyone, no teams actually have that yet. I've kind of been waiting for them to do it. but Yeah, no official teams have that yet. Have you had yeah. a look at the ossified Age of Darkness rules for Horus Heresy? No, I, I haven't. So he has Terminators in there and they have a number of saves equal to the number of attacks going into them. So if you're shooting at them with a five attack gun, they get to roll five save dice. And different marks of Terminator armor, so like his uh, cataphracty armor can't dash. They still have a full range of... They're not, they can still normal move and they can charge, but they just can't dash. Okay, that's that's interesting because they, they have more limited movement, but they always have the possibility to block every shot. There's always that chance. Yeah, okay, I like chance. that. That's cool. So, so uh, I'll I'll send you the link afterwards, and um and for anyone else interested, I'll put the I'll put the link in the uh, in the show notes. 
because uh, Ossified, Ossified Mods has just released a Bad Ab Wars collection that we were moseying over last week or the week before. So it's it's just really interesting stuff. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a better way than what we were trying because we never found a way that worked, but that sounds like a nice balance there. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah. I don't want to spoil a, a later segment of this show, but, uh, you know, if there was a boarding action, let's say there was a game that we knew that had a boarding action, wouldn't uh-huh. you want some Terminators going in? That's what I'd want. <laughs> <laughs> if only such a game existed... Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, Sean, what what games have you been up to? I took the Intercession Squad out for their first spin literally two days ago. And I went into Scions, which I was going to be quite scared by the matchup from Melter and Plasma and various crack grenade launchers and everything. But I ended up winning. And my, my Intercession Squad is, their story is that like, they're cobbled together from all my past kill teams that have since failed in their mission to do absolutely anything. So they're like, <laughs> they're like the last chance dogs of war. And they really pulled it together. We did the smoking ruins and I was just on the points. Nick found, Nick found his objectives first. So he just hid away in his uh, deployment zone and essentially tried to play keep away and tried to force me not to get to him too quickly. Uh, but we discovered that fighting through the Chalnath ruined windows is a really good way <laughs> of... I can't get to him, but that doesn't mean he's out of reach. <laughs> he he ran up to the windows to try and shoot me through the obscuring, because it's all heavy terrain. So he ran up to the windows, so I just charged up to the windows, and suddenly he's within an inch of engagement range. And uh, let's say the, the heavy thunder hammer made someone's head meet the level of his shoulders. <laughs> Uh, it was really good fun. Um, the The phrase that's been thrown around for the intercession squad on our uh, little local group Discord is that this feels like playing the uh, Space Marines from the Law. They're powerful. They're punchy. Um, and I'm running. I'm running my Death Watch with. They have stealthy, so if they're in cover and you're more than six inches away, they're even better in cover. And I'm running them with deadly sharpshooter. So so the the idea is that like. They can't afford to lose any men. They need to survive long enough and then take high precision shots. So I'm always just chipping away with those critical hits, chipping away, chipping away. And then if like a couple of normal ones slip through the defenses, you're gone. So I've been having fun, as you can probably tell. I like it. The last survivors of your decimated previous guild teams. Dirty, yeah, dirty, dirty half, half dozen, dozen. Six of them. The dirty half dozen. <laughs> Oh, wow. Have you been able to have any fun, Jason? Uh, yeah, well, mostly this is holiday period for me, so I've been away a little bit, but I've had a couple of games. As you all know from the last episode, the Orc Commandos are officially the funnest team to oh, play yeah. and play against. But wouldn't you know it, despite them being the first team that I ever painted, I have I had never, ever played an actual game playing them. Uh, so I thought it was only topical to um, bring them out and give them a game and I um, uh, played them against a uh, uh, fan of the podcast Nick a uh, friend of the podcast Nick uh, and he, he's playing his Phobos Raptors first Talon um, which I lost but I can tell you it is true <laughs> they were a lot of fun to play 
Um, and it even made me think, oh, I'd really like to play them in narrative, actually. What a fun narrative team to play. Um, and I'm quite happy, I'm sort of fairly pleased with the paint job I gave them, bearing in mind they were the first kill team I actually put well done. to model on. Um, yeah, that that was that was quite good. Uh, and then uh, this week I opened the uh, campaign for my Scarlet Vengeance blooded kill team, um, playing um, Guy in our narrative group who plays Corsairs. Um, so if anyone remembers from the um, from me reading out the uh, background, these are uh, at the moment at least loyalist um, guardsmen. And throughout the campaign, we're going to find out if they're going to turn to chaos or stay with the Emperor. And on the strength of the first game, where I basically had no chance of getting any of the primary missions. <laughs> and, and, and the deal here is that if they, for every kill they get, that's a point to chaos. And for every mission action they get, that's a point to loyal, uh, loyal Emperor. And I killed five enemy and got one <laughs> mission action. I said I said it would swing hard. I know, but I think this was a, this was just a particularly import for for the team I was playing against the team I was playing. Uh, I forget which mission were we playing now. Search, search the ciphers. Is that the right one? Just the first one, the first mission in Nakamond. And basically, I had to turn off two vents and then go and look in some hatches, uh, which were basically in the Corsair half of the. We were playing like the long end, you know, so you've got to go the longest distance. It's no reason Never that you didn't on. get any mission actions because it's steal the ciphers, not search the ciphers. Oh, yeah, well, you know, steal, search. <laughs> After, and, and my leader got zapped in the, basically the first activation of the first turn and. After that, the red mist descended, and it's all I about. I feel like that's how you're supposed to play that. Morgan made it to turn three. Well, yes, and I would say again, going with the ratings on the funnest kill teams, they're pretty fun. It's pretty fun, just kind of allowing yourself to recklessly charge people and try and cut their heads off. So I hope this never is taken out of context. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was good. It was really good fun. I can't wait to to give them some more goes. Uh, but that was the first game of my fantastic. Blooded. That was really good. Now we would normally read out a background from either one of our listeners or a member of our our gaming group, but I think instead we better address the you know the the team on everyone's lips before Into the Dark comes out. The the Intercession Squad. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, so I think we probably should. Definitely. And the uh, the the question everybody really wants to know it's not it's not are they any good? It's how kill teamy are they? Now, way 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 back earlier in the year when we started this podcast, we did a kill teamiest kill teams of all time, and I've got a feeling that intercessors were relatively they were, low. They were almost <laughs> right at the list. bottom. However, that was that was before we had such things as chapter tactics, which we now have in this intercession team. So, with the question of how kill teamy they are, how how good are they for narrative? What are your thoughts, Sawyer? What do you reckon? So, I don't mind that they're not really sneaky personally, because 
at least in my mind, kill team is basically special operations units. At the end of the day, that's mostly what they are. And a lot of different spec op units will be very stealthy getting to the battle, but once the battle breaks out, it's all about how quickly can you take out the enemies and accomplish the mission. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, I don't really mind that they're not your typical kill team. Obviously, if every kill team was just run at each other with chain swords, you would lose the vibe in the game. But having a few that do that don't really bother me too much. Especially when you're in power armor, I think you can get away with it a little bit more. I have to agree. From reading like a lot of the... I'm going to harp on. From reading a lot of the Death Watch books, it's all about that initial boarding action and then kill everything in your way to get to your objective. Doesn't matter if they know you're there or not. You're just going in, going out, and causing pretty much a bloody destruction along the way. And I feel like this team does that very well. And I think I would add, because I think part of the how kill team is your kill team rating, uh, I think, was, was not just are they spec opsy. And I guess you could argue that any any marine is, is, can be whatever they like because they're so good at everything. Um, but it was also one of the one of the points was how well can you build a narrative story about it and and, and, and you know the amount of lore and books and black library books and articles about space marines you'll have no trouble finding a background make a bespoke chapter if you like there's going to be no problem you finding a backstory to these guys and if you want to make them super sneaky you know kind of raven guardy type thing although i would marginally question how stealthier you know how it is 800 pound armor clad <laughs> giant is but, uh, but but that's the that's the theory it's the theory at least and um so i think this is i don't know those those raven guard they run silently <sighs> rubber soled <laughs> boots maybe <laughs> anyway so I, I think i think it's not as bad as perhaps we we might have originally painted them um so I'm, I'm willing to give them a bit more benefit. And the other, and the other thing that I, I kind of um, has really come out uh, as more bespoke teams has done is, is that, that the um, the ability to round out these teams with the, the, the tack ops, the rare equipment, the the ploys. You know, the, once they go bespoke, you get a lot more rounded, um, flavorful. Uh, teams and, and this is this is a case in point even even with this one this this flavoring just in the rules that weren't there in the compendium version. yeah it felt like with the compendium if you wanted to specialize an individual model basically your only choice was equipment and that was the only way you were going to make that model really stand out with the bespoke yeah. teams it's there's definitely a lot more you can do with it so i think it definitely lends itself to narrative better I, I know we're going to talk about the chapter tactics, but I think it's worth just having a look at their battle honours. From the narrative standpoint, the battle honours are really cool. Um, and they just they just marginally update like the, the data slate and just improve stats here and there, but it makes them feel definitely more unique. And, and very much, you know, each member of the squad has their own specialised role. And you can build out those specialist operatives, despite the fact that it is made pretty much of the same two 
stat blocks. Have you got any favourite ones? Well, I'm just going over it. <laughs> I'm a may I may be biased. I may be biased. I just had two two of my guys rank up and they both uh rolled chapter exemplar, which means that they get to add another of the chapter tactics from a category that they already have. So you now get three abilities on your data slate rather than just the two that affect the whole squad so you can personalize them a bit more and especially if you choose one from one category and one from another you could end up with quite a varied roster uh by the end of it nice what's another one what's another one that's fun marksman honor and bladesman honor just improve weapon skill and ballistic skill by one so they're boring uh and then you've got honored by the armory which is you can choose one piece of like as we were saying they may have their favorite piece of equipment and now you could you can equip that favorite piece of equipment to them for one equipment point less so you may be able to change around who's got what but like i don't know he's made friends with the with the guy outfitting them back at home base and he gets them on the cheap so we're encouraging nepotism now. Is I think that we've been doing is? that from the outset. <laughs> uh, it, it's always good to be got... buddies with supply in the military. That's definitely always something you want to do. I like it. <laughs> they also have some pretty interesting rare equipment. I'll just I'll just pick one or two to go over. But one of my favorite ones that's definitely going to go on my uh, my Iron Hands Gunner, who's got the grenade launcher. I'm definitely going to give him a targeting ocular at some point, which just means when he goes to shoot someone, you don't count as obscured. So I'm shooting through walls, or I like to think if he's doing it with his grenade launcher, he's going, just going to be doing trick shots off of walls and through windows and everything to make sure that grenade gets to where it needs to go. Does that one also allow them to shoot through smoke? Because I know they've added a couple abilities that do that. I haven't had a chance to look at the battle honors yet. I don't know... Because smoke, because to be obscured, you still have to be visible, but not necessarily targetable. And I think smoke makes you not visible. So if I can't see you, then you're still not obscured. So I don't think it lets you see through smoke the same way that the multi-spectrum array does for uh, the Phobos teams. But it means if you're on conceal behind heavy cover or something... I can shoot you through that heavy cover, I think. I'm normally told something different by whoever I'm playing against, but... <laughs> that, that sounds right. This is narrative, not competitive. Right Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And another fun one is a servo cherub. You can equip your one of your operatives with a horrific robotic flying baby, and it just means that once a turning point, you can do the pickup action for free. Oh no, it's for one less action point. Oh, Sean, please, 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 please just make this an actual thing that you're going to bring. You need to get that and then make this awful I'll make, I'll make a horrible little robot baby. Yeah. <laughs> Space baby. Oh, what I'll a diabolical some... <laughs> kid, Ash. <laughs> when, when you've got to order something and it's like, you know, model small baby. Yeah, get with... one of those baby Barbie dolls or something and... <laughs> Attach it to a piece of wire. That... Oh no! Anyway, you got to do that, please. Well, I'll have to get some rare equipment first, but yes, I definitely will. And and it means something like that would have really helped if you're doing the infamous fuel run or uh, smoking ruins as we were doing. We were trying to find some intel, and then you need to pick it up. 
you can focus on doing all these other things and your horrific 40k grim dark be- flying baby can grab that intel for you and you need never worry about it again <laughs> talking about how awful is the future in strategic assets you've got and i just love the name i'm not sure it's that useful but i like the name the hypno oh, indoctrination yeah. shrine who doesn't love after a hard day's fight you can go home and have a bit of <laughs> hypno indoctrination i think if, if the low whoever got the least experience points in that mission they get an extra one for a bit of indoctrination it's simple, and all you there have you to go. sit through is for your sight and hearing to be assaulted on many many levels I think that seems like a fair trade. <laughs> oh, what a name, though. Uh, that's very good. Yeah, workplace benefits are a little different in 40k, huh? <laughs> well, that's if there are any benefits, I think. <laughs> I'm just going to call out one of their requisitions, which is Solemn Oath. And essentially, before the battle, you can say, this man here, for example, my, my Assault Sergeant Valiant, he needs to accomplish one of these three things. And if he does that, at the end of the battle, he gets 2 XP. And you can only do that once per each operative. And it's like, this is like one of the things they would do to earn an extra purity seal on their armor or something. Like something that really shines to their, you know, as they rank up and gain that higher station. I, I think I think it's really, really nice and flavorful. And the nice thing is only one of your guys can do it at a time. So you couldn't have all six of them doing it all at the time and it just finishes when they all do they have to wait for the for one of them to finish his before they can start their own nice they do also have a couple of their own as all the bespoke teams do they have a couple of faction specific um spec ops and i'll just read one because this is so it's so on point this is this is where you know i think you mentioned it earlier about how this team just does fit what you've read about in the books uh, so we've got one of them called Mankind's Vengeance. How about that? This is just, this is these guys. Uh, and as ever, it's about kind of getting um, specific um, uh, tack ops. But yeah, no, I think the, they've done a reasonable job here of actually making Space Marines what they always should have been. And the only annoying thing is they could have done this. Yeah, right, right from the get-go. <laughs> but... <laughs> Maybe they've gotten better since. So, chapter tactics. We've got we've got the big famous chapters. Which which should get which? And have you have you guys got any thoughts on this? I, I was gonna start with I think Raven Guard's kind of the obvious one. Go for it. Because I think what would be cool with Raven Guard is if they had some kind of deep strike mechanic. Mm-hmm. Where you could put one or two operatives farther up on the board during deployment. So you have a couple of guys you, the enemy has to worry about right off the bat. That, and obviously if you could implement jumpsuits with them somehow, maybe use one AP and they gain the fly keyword for a piece of equipment. That'd be really nice. So I know though that isn't a stat that the chapter tactics, but just a way to add on chapter abilities onto the intercessor team. Yeah, give everyone jump packs. That would make me happy. Well, the the assault, you know, the assault intercessors, sure. They can't exactly do that in big 40k, so I guess yeah. we're limited by... everyone. They want us to play with models across all the games, but it would be really fun. 
Yeah, I, I think if you made it a piece of equipment where if you chose that specific chapter, you opened up that option and just make it pretty pricey because obviously multiple Marines with fly would be crazy overpowered. But Yeah, have it have it at like three or four equipment points. That, that'd be like the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Maybe even have it where you're limited to one. So what, what chapter tactics would you give to the Raven Guard themselves, though? I'm not sure in-game. I'm trying to think through that. That's all right. I definitely think stealthy would probably lend themselves to it, because, of course, that's one of the first words you think of when you think of the Raven Guard. Yeah, I'm not sure if Intercessors have this already. Um, I haven't actually got to play against them yet, so I don't have all their rules memorized, but... Mm-hmm. If they have a way where they could charge from concealment, they do. Uh, okay, so I, I thought they already the did. Same, so. That's in the same bracket as stealthy. That's tactical evasion, which fits the Raven Guard pretty well. Raider, Raider lets you charge from engagement range, so it doesn't let you charge from concealment, but it does let you charge from engagement range. Or I'd even give them mobile, which lets you fall back for for one less action point. Like if oh, they're yeah. in a sticky situation, then they can just slip out of that quick bolt of discipline into whoever's you know charged you and failed to kill you yeah i think that would be a great one for them so mobile and stealthy i think that sounds good to me uh jason do you i know you're not a space marine guy but do you have a a favorite or standout chapter well my uh the chapter i've taken on is the silver skulls who i've got my phobos uh strike, strike team with um and they are an Ultramarine's Ooh. successor. So what I'm interested in is what would the boring boys in blue, the, what are the Smurfs so they're, they're super by the book. So with the Ultramarines, since they're so based on doing things by the book and having their logistics and their supply just on point, because they don't really have many special abilities that the other chapters don't, so I think something that might be good for them is have an ability where your first ploy, each turning point, costs zero CP. I think that might be a good way to kind of show that, show how on point they are with everything. Yeah, they're, they're, that tactical precision, as it were. They've actually made a plan, <laughs> maybe. They have. The player hasn't, but the models We haven't just run into this combat... <laughs> We haven't just run into this, 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 and then this. Sh- shouting. So, so chapter tactics-wise, I think I'd give them methodical, which means that they ignore all modifiers to ballistic and weapon skill, because they're so they're so precise and exact in their movements and everything, because it's been drilled into them from the Codex Astartes. I I just like the fact that like, no matter what the circumstances, they they will not let that muscle memory fail on them. Sure. <laughs> you don't have to sound so excited about it. Sure. I'm right, kind of underwhelmed. Fine, I, guess. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm, it's my own fault for picking know, a boring Shall we... <laughs> chapter, chapter to succeed. Uh, come on, right. you can do better than that. Let's one. also give them something better than that. Why not also give them the dueler trait... Which means each time you parry with a critical, uh, as well as the critical that you've parried on the normal hit that you've parried, you could parry a second normal hit. So, like, they've done these ultra-precise, you know, martial arts moves, like, this is how you do combat, bang, bang, bang. 
to the point where it makes the people fighting them worse. They're doing it all in synchronized movements okay. as well. Okay. How does that how does that float your boat? This sounds a bit more exciting. <laughs> as I was yeah. looking through the chapter well, tactics, I bit better. Unyielding sounds like it'd be a good one for them. That's even more boring. You literally just add one to their wound. I know, I was what trying to that? find one. <laughs> it's as vanilla as you can possibly get. Well, I think we spoke about in a in um in an earlier podcast about I think I was the only person on earth who was excited for the Phobos Marines yeah. even though they looked really boring and uh, on the basis that look somebody's got to do the clearing up around this universe um, you know not everybody can be all KLC and somebody's got to get the stuff done so sometimes it's the you send the silver skulls in to tidy up <laughs> be unyielding have have a bit of discipline and be, spoken, be methodical. Nothing wrong with that. Everyone, spoken like the true blooded player you are. You use the word chaosy in replace of the word for fun. <laughs> for me, one and the same. One and the same. Shall we do? Shall we do another one or two? One and the same. How exactly. about? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So something yeah, opposite. Let's go for someone who doesn't play by the book. Why don't we go for the space wolves? The their zealot battle cries and fondness of fermented alcohol how what do we think their their chapter tactics are going to be i think rapid and aggressive are both on there i think you're rapid is increased movement speed and aggressive is every time it fights in combat or performs a charge action it gains rending and i think both of those are right on point charge and get there fast yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna get to you, and then you're gonna be gone by the time I get there. <laughs> that sounds about right to me. All right, we can do we can do a one that spins itself on its head. And Nick will absolutely love this. Why don't we go for the Alpha Legion? If people are always trying to squeak them in, Alpha Legion. So so I guess they're kind of like the Raven Guard, but they're a bit bit sneakier with everything. Yeah, Stealthy's I, the obvious one there. Stealthy's the obvious one. And I think I want to give them... Because in the Horus Heresy, they have they have the Headhunters. Because they're, they're, they're all meant to be like... They're all practically snipers in their own right. And it's all about quick and efficient execution of plans. So maybe we could also give them... Uh, maybe Accurate or Deadly Sharpshooter. Because yeah, Accurate would give them... You, get, you do not get the benefits of cover for using the no-cover keywords so you don't get to retain your dice or you know if they get the critical hits they're getting those headshots in and you're losing mortal wounds faster than you know yeah i think both of those would work really well because i know they're supposed to be more of a ranged team than melee yeah like they have buffs in range typically at least in a 40k so i think that would carry over fantastic jason is there is there any other chapter oh go on well, I was going to say I've got a, I've got a soft spot, soft spot for the white scars, and I've only ever been put off doing them as like a main thing because doing white armor is so hard. <laughs> um, so what what could we do? They're all about that. So I love the idea of this kind of lightning strike, this speed, speed and ferocity, and the fact that they're you know basically Genghis Khan. Again, I would leap to rapid, just giving them that extra extra inch of movement. 
just makes every every turn that they're activated they're just going that little bit further an opponent may forget that you've got rapid and place someone you know oh you know you can move and dash that's nine inches i'll just place myself 10 inches away and you're like it sounds like you're close enough <laughs> just blitzing across the board i think raider would be a good one for them yeah having them leap in between different engagements yeah, because you get to the first target, and then they can use that to kind of leapfrog to the to a follow-up. And yes. I, I worked Love out it. something really sneaky with Ranger, oh. that is if you're already in uh, combat with someone, you can effectively charge them from engagement range again. So you could, like, reposition yourself around the model, so that, so that then you fight them again, and you kill them. But you may have just saved yourself an extra inch or two of movement by just pivoting around the base of this model. And just, you know, for your white scars, if they're like zipping, they're down, crouched low, forever, forever in my head. Uh, yeah, leaping leap over. over forever in my head. They're in like the, the, the sprinting like start position. They're, they're always about half as high and ready to run. Okay. Fantasy fantasy chapter. No, I love it. I, lo- I, lo- I love I love the idea, and it's it's kind of like this is where this team elevates itself well above the compendium version because you can tailor this. Now, uh, one question I've got for you guys: Do you think they should have just out of the gate said, "Blood Angels have this, Space Wolves have this," or do you like what they've done and left it up to you know everyone's own honesty? thematically <laughs> i like that you can you can just pick because it leaves it leaves it up to what you think it should be as far as if anyone wanted to do that in more a more competitive setting i'm sure there are combos that are more abusable than others yeah so i'm sure there will be people that will try to kind of min mass what they're picking so i think balance wise games workshop armly should have done it but the way they have it's more fun fair enough yeah, I think I think if you were like you know Iron Hands always get uh, critical hits deal one less damage and but they also get uh, additional wounds and that just makes you so much more tanky that you'd see everyone running specifically Iron Hands whereas you could have them be visually different on the tabletop even if they play out exactly the same just because everyone chooses those two traits if they want to be min maxi or whatever but I, it. Each chapter's got like its own different um, facets to it. So say if you were the Blood Angels, you could go, you know, if they were Death Company, they may be super zealous and aggressive and all about charging and getting in. But if they were one of the, you know, still a brother of the chapter that hasn't succumbed to the, the Red Thirst or the Black Rage, then they might be more reserved. They might be methodical and accurate, you know? Just, just taking on those different aspects. I, th- I think there's a lot of flexibility. Before we get into the main section of the show, we of course have a word from our sponsors. Beep, 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 beep. Inquisition news. Be ever vigilant for Xenos taint amongst us. Do your friends have talons? Do they have knobbly ridges on their brows? Do they spend long periods of time staring up into the skies if they're expecting something? Report them to your nearest Inquisition outpost without delay. Remember, hands, face, space. Beep, 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 beep. I've got some people to report. Excuse me one second, guys. That house of special purpose is looking awfully suspect. 
<laughs> I've, I've retired them now. We're fine. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> um, uh, well, I hope everybody is now phoning their their nearest Inquisition outpost. Uh, but when they're done, uh, we're going to hit the main topic of the show, uh, interview with special guest Sawyer from Nightfire Games. Just on the off chance you're not aware, Sawyer is the face of Nightfire Gaming, fantastic YouTube channel about your favourite 40k skirmish game. Today's chat is mainly about homebrew teams, uh, of which he's made quite a few. But, you know, he's made loads of other videos. I'm a real sucker for gossip about what we might get in the future. There's loads about that. Things a lot of people don't talk about, like how much does it cost to get into Kill Team? Super useful. Went through all the faction lists. Something that I'm really pleased you did, Sawyer, is um, you did a narrative video, which I have to confess I analysed before we started doing this podcast. So thank you so much for that. And... One of the great things about Sawyer is that his videos tend to be in the five to ten minute range. So these people who warble on for hours, like us, <laughs> you can you can cut all that out and just get, get these nice, lovely, short videos. We've got some specific questions for Sawyer, but we don't want to miss out on our general questions. So do you want to take us, take us through, Sean? Sawyer, would you... Let us and everyone listening know what your favourite 40k faction is out of all the armies, and the the ever growing list of different factions. Who who's especially taken your interest? Uh, that has to be the orcs. That's who I'm building when I'm slowly progressing towards big hammer, and they're just such a fun faction. Like I know the commandos won the funnest kill team, and I feel like if there's an orc in the match, nobody takes it too seriously. So this is great for those <laughs> casual games. I'd like to say I've come round on orcs. I used to be Mister Mister Boring, but since the since I've played Commandos and since since you know they've been in this game, I'm starting to think, oh God, I really should play orcs. And I've re- like I said earlier, I really want to play them in narrative. So I am kind of with you on this one. So I'll take that from an ultramarine player to orcs. I'm proud. So correct answer for first one. <laughs> <laughs> we can carry on uh, okay. what's your favourite black library book so I probably will not get the right answer for this one so I've actually only been into 40k for a year and a half to two years so I'm actually pretty new into the hobby so I haven't read a lot of the books that everybody says are the best ones my favourite right now is probably Brutal Cunning just because that's the book that made me think orts are amazing that kind of helped me pick out my fashion, and that book is just hilarious. Oh, I think I, I haven't read it. It's not, it's not a wrong answer at all. Uh, is, is, is it from the perspective of the orcs, or is it, it from like a human back perspective? It goes back between orcs and admech, because it's orcs trying to invade an admech world, and basically the entire time the admech are attempting to outsmart the orcs by trying to predict their strategy. But since orcs have no strategy but go forward, <laughs> they are just setting themselves up for failure the entire time. So it's oh. watching someone try to outsmart an orc is pretty pretty good. I love that idea. Right. Uh, that's on my reading list now. Uh, that's really good. Now, I may I may offer an extension on this question. If if you aren't into or as deep into the Black Library books, you may not have a favorite Primark. But I may extend that to, is there a favourite 
orc war boss that takes your fancy? I'll take for, either either answer. Yeah, for Primarchs, I haven't read through the heresy yet, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna go full heretic here and say Horus. And mm-hmm. the reason why I got so like thinking Horus is the best is just that cinematic trailer for the Horus Heresy made him look so great. He he truly was the villain in that in that cutscene, wasn't he? Yeah. He looked outstanding. Yeah, it did. That they did a fantastic job on that. Okay, I'm going to give you a pass on that one. As a not entirely wrong. <laughs> um, I tell you what, we're we're we're. I think I'm certainly looking forward to when we do our Christmas special and find out what each other's coolest Primark is. Yeah, I know you haven't said yours before, so I'm no. curious about that. No, we've been keeping it hush hush. <laughs> we've uh, we're teasing you all with that one. Uh, so this one, this one, this one should be a bit more comfortable. What's your favourite non? games workshop sci-fi or fantasy we're thinking about world here or, or book series or film series yeah for fantasy i would say the witcher um just because every media source they do a good job with it witcher 3 the game is fantastic the books are really really good and then i've liked the netflix series as well yeah so it's just consistently even though they're different stories they're doing a good job with it it's entertaining um, for sci-fi, I would probably say there's a caveat to this: Star Wars before all the old canon got nuked. So the so is that is that pre Ray and Kylo Ren? Yes. So the original um, trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and all the books that went along with it. So mostly the books for that, but they had some really good stories that aren't canon anymore and those were just some of my favorite i've got some of the the old star wars uh comic books and graphic novels and they're just i love them so much more than the films yeah absolutely um i don't know if this will mean much to many of the listeners but the original thrawn trilogy was probably my favorite trilogy out of any of them and to those listeners who don't know, you should definitely go and look it up because whether or not it's canon, it's definitely still some incredibly good writing. Sounds good. It's another thing I've got. I've got too many things to read, guys. Can you stop suggesting good things? Also, I've not seen The Witcher, <laughs> which I is on my it's on my to watch list on Netflix. Mister, you definitely should. It's good fun. It's got Mister Custodes in it, hasn't it? Uh, yes, it does. it does. Henry Cavill himself. All right. So this is this is the this is the big one. So if you had the opportunity for free to be a space tourist, would you take it? Would you like to go to space? When we say space tourist, are we talking like a week vacation, or I'm going with Elon Musk to die on Mars? That's very you, different questions. You could take that. It. Sounds more like a career path. <laughs> I, th- I think it's definitely you've got the option of coming back. Yeah, I, I would absolutely go. That that'd be amazing that's definitely a dream uh that's the correct answer we've had several people go oh no only if it's safe <laughs> yeah um, ben ben was too much of a scaredy cat yeah ben get a <laughs> grow a pair <laughs> I mean, life's about having fun come on <laughs> we're sorry ben you're lovely i'm sure someone has some crazy stat about how it's safer than driving or something oh yeah definitely 
Sawyer, most people know that your content revolves around around Kill Team specifically. So what what is it that draws you to Kill Team as a game in itself? So originally what was getting me into Kill Team is I was one of the people that thought it was a bridge into 40k. Because I got into it around the end of the last edition. Um, but what kind of kept me on Kill Team was it had that that grit and that the tactical aspect of it where being off one or two inches mattered. Knowing which target to pick is huge. So it had enough strategy to it, but there's not so much to it that you can't teach new players. Because if I, if someone wants to get into Kill Team, it's not that hard to teach them how to play. But if I had a full 40k army and I wanted to get one of my friends into it, well, you have to spend hundreds of dollars, spend hours and hours painting this stuff up, the rules change every other week, it seems like. Kill Team yeah. is just a more manageable game. Yeah, it's a great answer, actually. I think, yeah, I really appreciate that side of things. Yeah, no, correct. Right, right now, today, what's your favorite team in Kill Team to play? Probably Commandos right now, because my, my number two would be Tyranids, but... Playing Tyranids does kind of start to feel a little bit samey, just because you don't have a lot of model options with them until they get yeah. their bespoke team. And the commandos are just so much fun. Just between all the goofy models, like the bomb squig, like even if you don't get it off, just watching people try to handle, just deal with it is funny. Stay away from it. Well, the yeah, and then the crazy plays you can pull off with, giving dynamite to the breachable way or stuff like that they have a <laughs> lot of fun combos well there's a reason that they're the funnest team to play and play against i guess yeah you that was the correct answer for everybody that <laughs> voted that poll. absolutely so speaking of funnest teams to play and play against who is your absolute nemesis of a team to play against so my friend that I probably play with the most plays Death Guard, and that is just a really difficult team to deal with. Because I always like trying to force my opponent to like favor one side of the board or try to keep them off an objective. Death Guard are going to move their four inches towards where they want to go every turn, and there's not a lot you can do about it, just because they're... It's like a slow-moving train. You can't really stop them once they're going somewhere. So it's really <laughs> hard to out-strategize them. You just have to try to stay safe and take them out when you can. So that's probably the most difficult team. Not that they're in meta the best, but they're the hardest to play around. Yeah, no. I don't think I've ever played Death Guard. I've played um, people playing Legionary with the Nurgle, which is still a bit... Tree. Oh no, I have played Death Guard. Have I? Yeah, I've played. Sorry, I've played uh, Sal. Sorry, Sal, I forgot our game. <laughs> but I think I killed a couple of his players. But then I think he ran one fire team of um, the Poxy, Poxy Walker things. Pox Walkers. Yeah, which, although still a bit hard, didn't seem like much They're of a danger. They're deceptively tanky. Yeah, they yeah. walk like they should just pop if you hit one, and then they. Yeah. roll all fives and sixes are disgustingly resilient and they're just standing there at the end of it Oops, I mean took no damage I've just I've, I've got around a, just a confession that I, I, I do have a slight ick for all the nurgly things 
and I can <laughs> the, the idea that I've, I, I don't want to go and hit someone with, it's not with an a aesthetic pox. I enjoy. No, it's I, not my thing. I think what my real issue with them isn't even the team. The guy I played in has this amazing capability to roll the exact right amount of disgust and the resilient, so models live with one health every time. Yeah, I, it's practice. You know, you just got to put the hours in, and then it just shines through when you're rolling the dice. Keep practicing. The, the sign of a good player. <laughs> All right. So if we put you, Sawyer, into the world of 40k and made you, in, you know, be a kill team operative, which operative would you be? And would, what would your specialism be? So I was in the National Guard in the U.S., and I did intelligence work there. So if you could carry that over to a kill team operative... I would think the, if you had some kind of intelligence operative, I think the plan would be something where you can see one of the enemy tack ops. So you know what missions they're trying to pull off early. Maybe once a turning point, you get to look at one of their unrevealed tack off cards. I think it would be an interesting way to implement that. We need a new vet guard specialist, don't we? I like this idea. Oh my god, that's such a good idea. Um, I I love the idea of an operative that interacts with the meta of the game rather than just on the board. That's very cool. Yeah, I I don't think they have anything that that does that. Yeah. No, you've got oh, my yeah. you've got yeah. totally got my mind racing now. That's such a good idea. <laughs> and you could, I'm sure there's different factions could have something similar, couldn't they? You know, or maybe a psyker that's looking into somebody else's mind. Maybe that's something. That would be interesting because you could add in perils they work with that where they have to roll to pull it off to look at an unre- unrevealed tack off. With a snake eyes, they explode. That's so good. Yes. <laughs> right, you're earning your place on this uh, podcast. So well done. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 doing, he's doing well. Uh, so you've mentioned the Bomb Squig and the Breacher Boy, but who is your single favorite operative so far? My favorite to use, I don't think it's my opponent's favorite, is the Daka Boy. Because that operative feels cheap. That you can move out, shoot someone, and then just move completely back into safety. Is his is his Daka Dash a full move, or is it a dash? It's a dash. Okay. But if you... So, so he, he effectively has three APL, as it were. Yes, he does. So you can dash, shoot, move back. And it's just completely safe. Like if you have a piece of train set up. So he just can have a lane of fire that you just have no negatives to using. And he's wearing Sounds that like really cool beanie. To me. I was going to say, yeah. is he the one with the beanie? He is. And he's fashionable. So that matters too. <laughs> he's a hipster. <laughs> Okay, I think you've passed. You've passed all the general and kill team questions. But now we've got we've got some more specific I was worried questions. about being the first person kicked off of the podcast, so I'm glad. Well, it's always a jeopardy. <laughs> we don't like anyone to feel too comfortable. <laughs> but you've d- you've done absolutely sterling so far. But we've we've got some uh, we've got some questions for you and they're, they're sort of mostly on the sort of homebrew team thing. And I just 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 like to set the scene. So Sean um, made up a, a homebrew team of assassins. Really cool. How cool is that? The models look fantastic. 
but it's only four operatives and we played them a couple of times and the conclusion I think we've come to so far is homebrew teams not as easy as it sounds <laughs> so so with that in mind we've got a few questions for you so we'll kick it off with you've created quite a number of homebrew teams and just to say to listeners if you've not if you've not seen some go 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 to Nightfire Gaming YouTube channel there's lots on there really interesting stuff what's three that you're most proud of or you think work the best my favorite not even in terms of execution just the concept of if i could make one of them a real kill team would be rakul which is a group of xenos marauders basically and if they made models for those the sculpts would just be absolutely amazing they look so cool can you describe what they look like (laughs) They're kind of centaur-shaped in a way, where they have kind of that long four-legged body and then almost like a human torso. But they do a lot of grafting of other technology on them. So think of how orcs will have a power claw just on their arm or like a kill assault or kill assault. So they do that kind of thing. So it's these wow. crazy almost tyranid xenomorph-esque looking things with chain swords instead of arms and Definitely Google them if you haven't seen them before. They look fantastic. Have you kitbashed some models for these? No, I, I haven't. I eventually want to get some probably used Tyranid Warriors as a base for them. The only thing that's kept me from doing that is a boss of three warriors is, I think, $55. Yeah, it's quite steep. Yeah, it would. The model I want to use for the kitbash, because I think I would need six of them with my team if i it's been a while since i made it but it would be over a hundred dollar project i just haven't got around to doing it yet are there any others you quite like yeah i think um alpha legion would probably be my next one just because i think i did some really interesting stuff with that where you can for in a sample is one of them is where it will kind of interact with the meta of the game a little bit is if you have a leader model in the enemy kills that you can transfer your leader or your leader title to somebody else so that whole we are alfarious concept you don't really know who the leader is that's cool kind of like the uh the is it the confidant for vet guard yeah yeah i believe so except it could be anyone as it were (laughs) i love it i I just want to say I, I, i really liked your alpha legion homebrew team i thought that just really I mean, because this is a narrative podcast, we love narrative and sort of, you know, story. I just think that really felt like that's what that's what that team should play like. Really, really good. Yeah, thank you. And um, I think for the third one would probably be Ogrens. Because for Yay. that one, I didn't give them their own team. I made one that was an Ogren fire team for the Imperial Yard. I I think I'm not overstepping when that Ogryn fire team is at least 80% of the reason that Jason bought the Blooded because then he could play with an Ogryn. It's 100% why I did. <laughs> <laughs> right, so so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I just love those models. I just think they're they're absolutely fantastic. I've been looking for an excuse to play them. In fact, I just to give you the full story. I think I was tempted to to play 2018 kill team on the basis that I could buy some Ogrins and play them in there and then I never did play 
luckily I was on the fence long enough that KT21 came out and then I was very disappointed to learn there was no Ogwin team so I've been absolutely looking for an excuse to get them and just to add to that so I've got so I've got my three Ogwins and now I've, I'm currently painting up the Scions so that I can run a fire team of Scions and a fire team of Ogwins so thanks Sawyer for making me spend loads of money um <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> no, really good. It, it it was interesting seeing when the blooded kill team had an ogre and kind of putting it side by side with how I did the ogre and just seeing what mine looked like compared to Games Workshop, which wasn't too dissimilar, honestly. No. I was gonna say, how did it stand up? Yeah, it um it was pretty close as far as base stats, and then. Um, funnily enough, the ploy name was the same, Avalanche of Muscle, which is just brought over from the last edition. So their special ability had the same name, and it was also, I believe they also did a buff to when you charge. So it it was pretty close. Except in, in Sawyer's version, we can, we can get those Ripper guns working. That's what I've been wanting to do. You won't have to use it as a blunt instrument. No, no. Uh, no, th- th- thanks for that. I'm really, uh, really excited to get those uh, to the table. While we're while we're talking about the ogrins, um, do you, what are your motivations? What what drives you to go like I should make a homebrew team about this? Is it is it the law that draws you to it, or is it the just sometimes the look of things? Is it I don't know what what what's your inspiration to to go ahead and make a fully fledged homebrew kill team? Yeah, so early on it was mostly just what I wanted to play or what I wanted to see. For example, like the the Rackle was just, I thought they were awesome. I would love to see them in Kill Team. And then I even did a, like a Halo-based one because I was addicted to Halo Infinite at the time. So I wanted <laughs> to make those. At this point, it's mostly request where it will be a friend or somebody else will ask if I can make a Kill Team for them because they want to play a specific model or a specific team. So largely now, it's just what people are asking me to do. If it sounds interesting, I'll make it. I should talk to you more often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a list. We've got some, we've got, we've got some work for you. Do, you. do you have a process that you go through when you make these rules? Can you give us a little peek behind the curtain of how you go about it? Yeah, so typically when I think I want to make a kill team for something, the first thing I do is I'll try to watch YouTube videos and read the wiki to figure out the lore, figure out what kind of makes them unique. And then from there, what I'll do is I'll look up, because typically models in GW are not completely original. They have, they're in 40k, or they were in some random RPG, or in something like Space Hulk a while back. So normally I can find some other source where they were had some kind of 40k base rule set before. So as I'm kind of going through the lore and looking and see what they've done with them in the past, I jot down notes and write, this This is what they do. And then once I go through that, I basically turn all of my notes into kill team rules. So translate it from either a lore idea or a 40k idea over into a, a kill team friendly version. So once I have all my kind of brainstorming out, what I'll do is I'll, I'll think about what kill team do they closest resemble. 
um, for example, the Rakul one, they're mostly based on Tyranid warriors because they're giant Xenos. They're pretty close. And if it's something like a Space Marine chapter, that's easy. I just base them off of whether it's Intercessors or uh, Tactical Marines. I take whatever is the closest thing I can find and then try to basically balance it off of that. So I'll start adding, or I'll start taking away rules and replacing them with ones that match that um, new team's lore better. So that's normally the process of how I do it. I think that's really nice, just marrying up the, the rules to the to the fluff, as it were. That That's one of the things that really, really inspires me to pick up a team and play it. So it's just so important. And just and just to add to that, I mean, from the ones I've seen, you don't tend, you don't seem to fall fall foul of what of the obvious pitfall, which is to just make them too good, which I think some others I've I've sometimes seen. You know, somebody's obviously in love with a particular thing and really wants to bring it into kill team, and then just makes it so unbeatably good <laughs> that it wouldn't be yeah, wouldn't be a very good game. That's why I think finding something. Yeah, I think that's why finding something else that's already in Kill Team that to kind of balance it off of is so helpful. So sure. you can look at another model that's currently there and kind of see, okay, what's its offensive versus its defensive um, capabilities and kind of use that as a balancing reference where if you get too far off from that, you know you've probably gone too far. After you've written all of your rules... Do you get a do you get a chance to play test them? Do you do you play test everything, or like, how many how many passes or how many games to, you know, for each iteration of refining down the the rules? Yeah. Because so... I have to say, none of your teams are really like overpowered, so that they're all very level. Yeah. So I will say, out of my whole process play testing, if I could improve one part, that would definitely be it, because I live basically middle of nowhere there's not really a kill team scene it's i basically just play with a couple of my friends and a lot of them will live 40 50 minutes away so a lot of times i'll do solo play testing which playing kill team solo is a very boring experience most of the time it's so i'll do it and i normally do one or two passes and it kind of depends on what the team is. If I'm doing a Space Marine chapter and they're really, really heavily based off of Space Marines and I haven't changed all that much as far as balance, I know the team isn't that different. It should be close right off the bat. But if I'm yeah. doing something completely new and original, that I will probably run through it two times on my own and then get somebody else to play test one or two matches with me. Ideally, more's better, but that's just—it's kind of what you have to work with. Who's got the time for that? No, I mean... yeah, exactly. If if I was selling these, like if I was, not that I would obviously, but if you're a company and you're making a game, you want to do a lot of playtesting. But for taking somebody else's game that they've already figured out the balance mechanics and just tweaking that to your own, I don't think it takes nearly as much. No, that's fair enough. I think for for the one we we had a go at uh, the assassins, I, I played two play tests, and uh, that 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 just proved that we need a bit more work. 
<laughs> but the assassin team is just um well i think in the first the first game i played it only got to turning point two before i was totally wiped out with them and then did i get much further i'm not even sure it got anyway it, the games were over very quick because we didn't make them survivable enough um so yeah, yeah. I, I, I pared down the abilities, but hadn't made them tanky in any way whatsoever. One of my friends tried an assassin's team, and we play tested, play tested that, and they all had a ton of abilities, but they, to make up for having all those abilities, they were pretty squishy, and I think I tabled yeah. them tor- uh, turn two, so we had a very similar experience. Yeah, that sounds that sounds almost exactly the same. Uh, it has given me a slight better appreciation for whoever makes up the stuff in um, at Games Workshop. Uh, we all like to bash them from time to time of like, why is this team not exactly as good as every other team? And uh, I now appreciate a little bit that it's uh, not always as easy as it looks. No. Yeah, especially when you're trying to make them all interesting and have unique stuff going on. It's definitely a... Because I, I just try to get mine within the range of somewhere in the middle as far as tier lists go, um, yeah. if they end up being a little weak or a little strong, that's fine. They're not being used in competitive, but trying to balance a competitive game has to be a nightmare. Yeah, I can. Uh, I wouldn't want. To, I wouldn't want to make anything that people would take to a tournament. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I totally get that. Do Do you have any advice that you'd give to someone else? they were making their own homebrew team are there any pitfalls considerations tips you'd have yeah typically the thing i see when i look at other people's homebrew teams and this isn't just kill team this is when people try to make up like their own classes in D D or any game people fall in love with their idea and add so much to it there will just be paragraphs of rules blocks and the bad thing is if games workshop does that we're all going to look at the rules and basically know what they do. Like the uh, new Harlequin team that came out. Even though they had a lot of stuff, we all knew, okay, we might play against this. We need to figure out what it does. If it's your homebrew team, people aren't really going to care about memorizing paragraphs of rules. So you want to keep it simple, where you can basically sit down, explain to your opponent, here's what this team does. They basically understand it, so you don't do a bunch of gotcha moments in the game of, oh, well, this is a special snowflake team, so here's their five different abilities they can use. <laughs> I think air towards a simple team is a better move. Because you can make it simple and still stand out. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like really good advice, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they were all in love with their own uh, home routine problem. <laughs> I think what what certainly Jason and I would like to know is is there a homebrew team that you're working on at the moment and uh, I can see here that Jason is begging for rattlings <laughs> um, well per request I started jotting down some notes for rattlings Yay! so that will be the next one <laughs> since I'm sitting here talking to you and it's not just a a YouTube comment telling me they would like to see it. We could do some back and forth here. What I was Ooh, yeah. thinking was do them similar to the Ogren, where they're a f- Imperial Guard fire team. 
and then obviously they're gonna have fairly low wounds pretty good ballistic skill because they're ranged snipers and what i was thinking of is i want to play off something where the guardsmen don't trust them and they don't really particularly like the guardsmen either so maybe having something where they have a leader so they don't listen to the guardsmen orders but they have a rattling leader that will give them basically their version of the guardsmen orders so there's two separate commands going out nice and how many people would be in a squad they would be more on the horde side i would think right so like so like five or six of the little guys yeah that's what i'm thinking like their shots aren't super high damage if you all have any ideas for it please i'm well, do you remember do you remember rain and rouse from the first edition of kill team they were in the blackstone fortress uh kill team they were the they were the rattling twins and one of them was a sniper guy and one of them looked like the little ninja grot from the commandos essentially with his rope and some demo charges no, I, idea I didn't it, know there were any in Blackstone Fortress. I will definitely have to have to look. Yeah, at have that. a look. They're they're su- they're really really good sculpts, and I'm sure that that is a lot of the inspiration behind why people still want rattlings in and around Kill Team. Yeah, I think it'd be cool have like the standard rattlings um, as an option, but then have those two as specialists you can put into it. Yeah, I think having like them as options agents. would be cool. Yeah, because my um my fantasy kill team would be a fire team of ogrins and a fire team of rattlings. So that's that's what I want to <laughs> want to pair up. The all brutes, the biggest and the with smallest the, you can get. Yeah, and I quite like these sort of little and large kind of dynamic going on there. Um, uh, yeah, and then for, there was a there was a there was a half half uh, half second when we had the new vantage rules where it seemed like snipers were invincible and i was thinking we'll quickly rush in a squad of rattlings to be five five or six snipers <laughs> who can't be killed <laughs> <laughs> but sadly they've gone back on them so oh yeah no if, you, if you're working on that that would be amazing that's what happens folks if you if you want nightfire gaming to do your team you have to set up a podcast and invite them on so that's that's what you gotta do um yeah it's really easy yeah it has to be at least 10 episodes in so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah minimum um and see, the other thing that's quite interesting just because this, this is quite a, an auspicious day we're recording on this just as the pre-orders for into the dark come out and the annual which has the two has the galapox team and the star striders team so we're sort of like swimming in new new teams but I guess the the question I've got really, which is what 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 bit of fluff out there deserves the homebrew treatment, and is it Inquisitors? <laughs> it should be yes. Um, I will say in my comments on the YouTube channel, Inquisitors are probably the number one team that everyone thinks should be added. Yeah. The only reason I haven't done it is I. People are so in love with the Inqui- like the different Inquisitor characters, and I haven't read their books, so I'm so worried that I wouldn't do it justice. But reading through some of their stories and then making a homebrew is definitely the only list of stuff I want to do. I was just gonna say the 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 challenge with 
inquisitors is because they're so individual and so weird some of them that there's no one team you could make there's you know a hundred different inquisitor and retinue teams you could make or more probably i don't know how many how many how many inquisitors are in the 40k universe yeah so it's, so it's a challenge so if you know if you make one that you like to the bit of fluff that you've read perhaps that might not be what someone else is imagining or would like so yeah i i absolutely understand you're not wanting to rush into this one but yeah like yourself i I've can seen imagine it'd be of... options upon options i feel like it would be really difficult which this is what i've ran into every time i've thought about assassins is you don't really have a coherent team you have a bunch of really cool individuals yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I was looking at doing some proxies for an inquisitor team and and on our on our episode that we were talking about um proxies and what teams could stand for what. I was I was looking at like the novitiates because each of their members has a very specific and different role. I think that could translate or at least be a be a nod towards the the inquisitor and her retinue. Yeah, I think that would be a good place to start with is try to basically aim for an efficient level of kind of uniqueness with each one. Yeah, as far as stuff that deserves the homebrew treatment, I think for anybody else out there thinking about homebrewing, I think one thing that homebrewing is awesome for is stuff you know we will never actually get in Kill Team. Because I, I, I could see them doing an Inquisitor team at some point. But then if you have models, even if it's not from 40k... Like, somebody that I emailed back and forth with sent me a Predator um, kill team. Where he oh, wow. had Predator models from another game and just made kill team rules for them so he could play them. So that's that's is an that awesome crossover. The, I love that. Yeah, is that from the AVP miniature game? I, I don't know where he got the minis from. I think that's where they were, though. Because the alien models from the AVP miniature game would be such good Tyranid uh, warrior models. They're about the same scale. Yeah, definitely. So it's just like stuff like that where it's, you know we'll never get it, but you you want to play it. You can just come up with the rules on your own. So I do love the idea of the Predator models being in this universe. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or, or stuff like Necromunda would be another good crossover. Yeah, I mean the one that we yeah. we got. I felt we got ambushed by is we in our in our proxies episode. We were going to go. There's no way on earth these they'll ever do squats again. So we need to kind of proxy squats or homebrew squats because there's no way. They literally they literally announced the leagues of Votan on the day we were recording, <laughs> and we were we were hamming into this. They'll never do squats. Squats are gone. Squats are dead in 40k. And so funny. War, Warhammer community was like. So, the Leagues of Votan. <laughs> I swear, there's somebody's job at Games Workshop where they have all this stuff made. They listen to content creators just to make stuff not relevant the day you release it or the day you record it. Yeah. There's been multiple yeah. videos I've had to scratch literally because of that. Infuriating. I'm not normally one for conspiracy theories, but I'll sign up to this one. That sounds, that sounds entirely plausible. Uh, well... I think uh, if you haven't been inspired to make your own homebrew team or look at some of the ones we've suggested, then what are you even doing here? Yeah, why are you listening to Why us? are you even listening? Um, uh, massive thanks, Sawyer, for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you on. 
we love your stuff um we urge everybody to come and have a look at your uh youtube channel and uh yeah happy happy kill teaming yeah thank you so much yeah th- thanks for thanks for having me on next time on once upon a kill team we will be reviewing the new into the dark big box with a focus on its narrative potential a vast derelict space hulk ripe for treasure hunting and adventure well that sounds like an amazing start from the narrative side uh, we've spoken before about our love of crudes especially me uh, I, was, I was frankly willing to play the compendium version so this is amazing uh, but what about navy breaches sound a bit boring too much rum uh, tune in for the lowdown uh, we might even give a look to the Gellapox and Star Striders. If what you've heard on this podcast sounds even remotely interesting, subscribe and tell your friends. For every subscription to the podcast, your Navy Breachers will get an extra ration of grog, exemption from the cat, and let off swabbing the decks. If you have a spare few pennies and would like to support the show, you can do so through the Buy Me A Coffee. There's a there's a link in the show notes and on our Instagram as well on our new link tree. Once Upon A Kill Team will always be free, but any help that you can give goes towards making our podcast better, and we really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on Once Upon A Kill Team. Just remember, it's not whether you won or lost. It's whether your assault intercessor grenadier vaults over a barricade, sprints to the hardcover, and expertly lobs a frag into the mist of some traitor guard, throwing blood and flesh in all directions. See you next time.